0: Greetings and welcome to the special edition of Faith to Live By. I'm your host, Pam Christian, and this is my 52nd podcast. This means I have a full year of podcast episodes created. And I have to say, of all the times in the world when I could have started a podcast, this past year was without a doubt the most challenging. You know, I think it's true for most of us at the conclusion of any 12-month period, regardless of which month the period actually began. We tend to think in terms of starting again. With each passing year, we have the natural tendency to review the past and anticipate the future. Well, this is certainly the case for me moving into my second year of podcasting. So I ask you to join me in looking back over the past 12 months and prayerfully learning from the Lord what we should anticipate for our future. God has always operated in seasons and times and rhythm and rhymes, to provide us insights to discern the present times and get a glimpse of our future. As Proverbs 25.2 states, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. We need to be as wise as the sons of Issachar and learn to discern the times. So with this episode of Faith to Live By, I hope to help you, number one, make sense of the evil of our past. Number two, discern the present times to know God's specific instructions for you and for me. And third, to learn how to prepare for the greatest outpouring of God ever seen in our lifetime and perhaps ever in the world. I absolutely cannot dismiss this spiritual sense that we are on the verge of a very great and powerful move of God unlike anything the world has ever seen, and that this particular move of God will bring many sons and daughters into the kingdom of God, but at the same time It will reveal the unrepentant enemies of God. Justice remains the byword for this year, which demands a warning. Time is short, and now is the time for us to get ourselves right with God. So, let's consider ourselves warned. Now, let's consider the events of the past 12 months to gain understanding of our present-day realities and also to get a glimpse into our future. Remember, our past helps us understand our future. Also, keep in mind, I am a charismatic apologist, so I seek to balance rational thought with spiritual realities. Hosea 4:6 states very clearly, God's people perish for lack of knowledge. So when we are confident our knowledge is based on truth, then we are in position for God to work his supernatural power and authority in and through us. So now I want you to consider your personal past 12 months. When you get a chance, make a list of the top 10 to 20 adverse realities that come to your mind and write them down. Next, I want you to consider the top 10 to 20 adverse issues the world has experienced over the same past 12 month period. That second list will reveal many things we all have in common with people all over the world things such as the COVID 19 pandemic, which we are now learning was man made and released. Government overreach in every country. Conflicting information from so-called leaders in government, media, and education. Fear and control being imposed upon the masses. Loss of health and or life. Loss of livelihood. Violence and riots and senseless shootings. Demoralization and defunding our police. The rollout of a so-called vaccine that was approved only for emergency use now being mandated and proven to be harmful. Self-appointed elite seeking a one-world order. Blatant attempts to overthrow our republic government and instate communism or Marxism. Overreach of public education seeking to immorally and incorrectly indoctrinate our children on matters of sex, anti-Americanism, religion, and more. Gross human trafficking and great harm to children. Claims of systemic racism and more intended to divide people. Explosion of transgender agendas and exploitation of our children. Increased evils associated with abortion and inhumane Frankensteinian experiments. Increase of Satan worship, witchcraft, the Illuminati, and the occult. And I'm sure there are many more issues we can add to this list. But simply considering the characteristics of each of the items listed, not one of these is from God. Adversity is never from God. God will use adversity to produce good, but God never causes adversity. Adversity always comes from disobedience to God that either we cause ourselves or is imposed upon us by others. Each and every item listed includes lies, deceit, destruction, and death. We must ask ourselves, as Christians, who have the indwelling Holy Spirit and who have the mandate to make disciples of all nations, who are also fully equipped with Christ's power and authority, how was all of this adversity possible? And how did it all gain such momentum in just a 12-month period? In reality, it's been longer than 12 months in the scheming and the planning of the enemy. It's just been that these past 12 months, is where we are seeing the outworkings of the enemy's plans manifest. Ever since I started this podcast, I've been decreeing and declaring that God has been forcefully exposing evil and corruption wherever it exists as a means to wake up his people to the truth regarding the extent of evil and the existence of Satan and his evil minions. This exceedingly difficult reveal has shocked many people and more are yet to experience what could be an incapacitating shock of their lives. Many prophetic teachers, myself included, since the months of the second quarter of this year, in other words, January through June, to be a time of major shift. So what I want to explore is what this shift likely means. Thinking about this present shift, I recalled the term paradigm shift, which was a wildly popular word, a buzzword, in the latter part of the 1990s. So I looked up the term. And while originally specific to science, the term paradigm shift has actually come to have additional applications. Thomas Kuhn, an American physicist and philosopher, originally identified a concept of a paradigm shift as the fundamental change in basic concepts and experimental practices of a scientific discipline. This is according to his 1962 book called The Structure of Scientific Revolutions. I also learned the nature of scientific revolutions, or shifts, have been studied by modern philosophy since Immanuel Kant used the phrase, revolution of the way of thinking. Now, make note of Kant's phrase. Again, he said it's a revolution of the way of thinking. And this revolution of the way of thinking causes a paradigm shift or a culture shift. Now, I first learned about Immanuel Kant when I wrote the third book in my series, which is called Revive Your Life, Rest for Your Anxious Heart, which I'm pleased to say is actually endorsed by Bill Johnson, Dr. James W. Gall, and Dr. Richard Land, among others. Based on what I learned about Immanuel Kant when I wrote that book, you'll understand why he is not one of my favorite people, especially as I quote from chapter two of my book, and this particular chapter is titled The Condition of Our Culture. How has our world become so radically changed? The changes started with deception and continue with deception. There has certainly been a mass ebb and flow of societal norms and cultures since the beginning of time. But I trace our current cultural condition to the extended period known as the Enlightenment, beginning with the period known as the French Enlightenment in the 18th century, with the emphasis on the primacy of human reason, the truth about God, about humanity, and about truth itself, became corrupted. By emphasizing reason and logic from the human perspective, devoid of any God perspective, we have skewed a right understanding of truth, and as a result, vast numbers of people are living with deceptions. While the period of enlightenment impacted many aspects of our culture, perhaps none has been more severely impacted than religious faith. The French period of Enlightenment gave birth to the German period, which directly impacted religious faith, specifically what became known as Protestant liberalism. Protestant liberalism is defined as follows. Theological liberalism, sometimes known as Protestant liberalism, is a theological movement rooted in the early 19th century German Enlightenment, notably in the philosophy of Immanuel Kant and the religious views of Friedrich Schleiermacher. It's an attempt to incorporate modern thinking and developments, especially in the sciences, into the Christian faith. Liberalism tends to emphasize ethics over doctrine and experience over scriptural authority. While essentially a 19th century movement, theological liberalism came to dominate the American mainline churches in the early 20th century. Liberal Christian scholars embraced and encouraged the higher biblical criticism of modern biblical scholarship, encouraged people to reject the authority of the Bible. Protestant liberal thoughts, in its most traditional incarnations, emphasize the universal fatherhood of God, the brotherhood of man, the infinite value of the human soul, and the example of Jesus, with the establishment of the moral, ethical kingdom of God on earth. It has often been relativistic pluralistic, and non-doctrinal. Liberalism birthed other movements with varying emphasis. Among these movements have been the social gospel, liberation theology, process theology, theological feminism, and the Jesus Seminar. One product of these movements is the heretical myth of Christian origins, which denies the divinity of Christ and the authority of Scripture." Now, you may want to rewind and hear that quote from my book again, but it's really important that we understand how Protestant liberalism has impacted the world we have today. So, specific to a paradigm shift, we know it involves a revolutionary new way of thinking, then from this new way of thought, cultures experience significant shifts. I believe, just as the new way of Protestant liberalism ushered in harmful movements, Our current shift is also ushering in harmful movements. We'll have to wait and see what sociologists name this particular shift, but I call it deeper deception of evil indoctrinations. As a culture, we are now subjected to accepting matters such as governmental control and mandates for our daily lives. Think COVID-19 management. We are also expected to accept the so-called vaccine and the illegal coercion of its administration, the corruption of the election process, gender dysphoria, all forms of sexual deviations, ungodly education for our public school children, systemic racism, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, defund the police, critical race theory, Project 1619, we're also expected to accept the so-called peaceful protests that wrecked untold damage and destruction, and also the attempt by self-appointed elite to overthrow our constitutional republic, all of which can be categorized as evil indoctrinations. As bad as all this is, let's remember, God is in control, and he always wins. We are looking back on the past to learn how to respond in the present, and with God's help, we have every ability to be victorious in the future. As I've explained in previous podcasts, the enemy of God has tried to circumvent God's timeline. He can read the book of Revelation the same as we can, and he is just as limited as we are to understanding what God specifically means and how God will specifically act to achieve his revealed outcome. The enemy seeks to read and understand the times the same way we do. So, knowing the increased buzz concerning the prophesied billion-soul harvest, the same great harvest of souls Christ talked about in the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, and John, the enemy has been at work attempting to prevent this time of the harvest of souls. While the enemy has worked overtime to corrupt as much as possible, God has been exposing the corruption. And in the process, more and more of God's people are waking up to the truth and coming out of the deception they've been subjected to, and God's people are raising up in righteous indignation. Clearly, what the enemy has meant for evil, God is using for good. Consider, Mockingbird Media is being fully exposed and will soon be eliminated. Doctors are coming out in droves, refusing the so-called scientific response to the pandemic. Reports are surfacing about COVID-19 being manufactured and used as a bioweapon. Reports are surfacing about Bill Gates and his cronies' openly revealed plan to depopulate the world through vaccines. Election audits are proving more evidence of fraud than originally thought. And parents are showing up at school boards demanding proper education and treatment of their children. In other words, the truth is being revealed and God's people are being empowered to be the change agents that comes against the evil and works with God to have his kingdom will done on earth as it is in heaven. Lynn Packer from Christ Church, New Zealand, recently posted what she's hearing from the Lord about the present cultural shift. And what she shares will help us learn how to prepare for the greatest outpouring God has ever done in our lifetime and perhaps ever in the world. Lynn wrote, quote, I was in a time of worship the other day when I very clearly heard the Lord say, it's time to inhabit the shift. As I prayed into this and discussed it through with the Lord, I felt him begin to show me that inhabiting the shift and showing the glory that he has given us relates to us stepping up and intentionally manifesting the kingdom as mature sons and daughters of God. It is time to become more intentional than ever in being his representatives and releasing heaven into earth. It is time to shift some things in the earth and in people's lives that need displacing and shifting. Many of us still waiting for the unveiling of the next season, waiting to understand and have clarity on how to move forward, but I felt the Lord wants us to choose to position ourselves by faith and see ourselves as already inhabiting what He is releasing in this earth. She continues, The word inhabit means to take possession of, set up home in, to live, to dwell. It's about taking ownership, making it your own. You need to not just feel God's glory, not just have some nice experiences of his presence, but fully take possession of that glory, inhabit it, and live it out. Lynn says, inhabiting is done through sight, faith, and action. Number one, sight, Sight in this case is twofold. It is the ability to see what the Lord shows us sovereignly and also to see by faith what he has already shown us in Scripture. Seeing what he has shown us in Scripture is done by using the eyes of our heart, which is our God-imagination. In the original Greek, the phrase eyes of your heart essentially means your imagination. Inhabiting the shift is also about stewarding well and looking after what we inhabit. You can inhabit a new home, but if you don't look after it, care for it, and maintain it, then it will fall into decay. So we must check and ask ourselves, how have I stewarded the glory Jesus gave me? What sort of condition is that glory in? If you've neglected it, simply repent and determine that you will value it and walk in it. Then she explains how to inhabit the shift by faith. Faith, she says, is about believing God, knowing he's not a liar. If He says He has given you authority, then He has. If He says He has provided you all you need, then believe it and use what He has given you. What's in the glory Jesus gave you? The very same glory that God gave Him. All the attributes of God Himself, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, and the dunamis power of God. You have been given the right and authority to represent Him and to use all the resources of heaven to do His will and extend His kingdom. Read again Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then she explains how we inhabit by action. Part of inhabiting the shift is letting the glory that Jesus gave us be revealed, manifesting that glory, that power, and that love. Instead of believing what the devil tells you, that you can't see the sick healed, the downcast encouraged, and miracles happen, etc., choose instead to position yourself intentionally in the gift of glory Jesus gave you inhabit it and use it. All of heaven and all of creation is longing for you to manifest his glory. Even the earth itself will feel the effects and be blessed. Use your God-given authority to destroy the works of the devil. Step out and do what the Lord calls you to do unashamedly, knowing that the Trinity, the Father, Jesus Christ, and Holy Spirit will back you up. Angels will minister alongside you. Provision from heaven will be released into the situation and shift will happen. People will be restored, healed, delivered, and saved. She closes with this. Let the love, kindness, mercy, and patience you show transform the life of those you come in contact with. Release justice. Don't just stay silent when injustices happen. Speak up and work to see justice released. Lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Show the glory he gave you, and in doing, so glorify the one who has sent you just as Jesus did." All year long, I've been talking about God's administration of justice and how we, as God's people, are to be his instruments in administering justice. We all want to see the evils of this world dealt with, and it is imperative we understand our role in God's plan. I firmly believe the reason the world is in the mess it's in today is because Christians failed to maintain their positions of authority. Instead of continuing to occupy in his imputed authority and power until Christ returns, we were radically influenced by the enemy of God. The church has been relegated to a point where it no longer has the influence on the world as God intended. I shared last week that when Christ said, Upon this rock I will build my, he didn't say, church. He carefully chose the word Ecclesia. The meaning of Ecclesia is more than an assembly or a congregation of called-out ones. It includes authority over secular realities. The Ecclesia was a governing council that established policies, legislated, conferred or denied citizenship, and elected officials to govern. And this is how Jesus intended the church to function. Listen, 1 Peter 4.17 is clear. Judgment begins with the house of the Lord, and we're seeing God enact that now. Those in the church who've sown good seed will see blessings and benefits, and those in the church who've sown bad seed will see discipline and remedial judgment. There are some Christian pastors and leaders who have already been demoted and removed from their positions of influence for failing to properly lead God's people. And for speaking against other prophets and teachers, for closing their churches in fear instead of seeking the Lord for his instructions on how to proceed. Many who rejected President Trump, claiming he is not chosen by God, are being caused to see things differently now in the light of truth. Those who once spoke for God, who declared President Trump would be reelected, who later retracted their prophetic word, are also subject to the discipline of God. I urge all Christians, and especially those in leadership, to examine yourselves before the Lord and get right with Him, that you may humble yourself before God, instead of God humbling you before men. The Lord has been revealing our condition, not only the condition of those who have cooperated with evil, but we who call ourselves Christians. God is urging His people to recognize our true condition and to stand up in our calling. I love a recent prophetic dream Greg Hood had concerning Dutch sheets and the interpretation of that dream. It's called The Lion Sheep. I'll have a link for you in the show notes, and I encourage you to read it and take inspiration from it, especially for this time of shift we're living in today. We also need to take courage and direction from pastors such as Cheon of Harvest Rock Church International Ministry and the leadership of South Bay United Pentecostal Church who stood up against Governor Gavin Newsom's total ban on indoor worship. With the help of Liberty Council's appeal on their behalf, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled in their favor. Praise the Lord, this Supreme Court ruling has created a domino effect, emboldening others to stand against any government impositions that are contrary to our Constitution, and most importantly, contrary to the mandates from God. In the words of Pastor Art Hodges, quote, Americans should never be forced to have to choose between obeying God or their government. We in America have unique freedoms that the entire world is relying on us to guard, protect, and cause to be upheld. What happens in America impacts the entire world. The people of God in America are being given a tremendous opportunity to influence the world for the better, and I pray we don't miss it. End quote. By all means, Pastor Hodges, I too pray that we don't miss this opportunity before us. Hosea 4, 6 is clear. God says his people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Many of us have memorized the first part of this verse, but what follows is even more important. It reads, Because you have rejected knowledge, I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. End quote a sobering truth, and the very words of God himself. Let's all, let all of us Christians be more diligent in seeking knowledge based on truth. Every aspect of our culture needs the Christian influence to take back the adverse influence the enemy has attained. Religion, family, business, education, government, media, and art slash entertainment all need Christians to show up and report for duty. Which of these areas of our culture do you feel drawn to? Seek the Lord now and ask Him where He has equipped you to be His influence and help bring His kingdom will on earth as it is in heaven. Get informed. Yeah, I know it's hard to find trustworthy news sources, but you can if you work at it. You'll find some of the news sources I use listed in the show notes. And utmost on my heart is the devious misinformation and the pressure that's been put on people concerning the so-called COVID-19 vaccine, and not for just the first two injections, but now there's claims that continued subsequent injections will be required. And all of this, while serious health concerns and even deaths are reported among many who have taken the jab, I want you to be informed. So I have several links in the show notes for you to look into. There is conflicting information everywhere on all sorts of topics today, but none is more concerning to me than that of the so-called vaccine. Listen carefully. The injections are not approved by the FDA. They are allowed under emergency use only. And on that basis, here are some questions I have. Since the COVID vaccine is voluntary, will life insurance companies deny payment on policies for vaccinated people who die from the so-called vaccine? Since the COVID vaccine is emergency use only, can those employers and institutions that required their people to get vaccinated be held accountable? Since there are effective therapeutics that are proven to reduce the effects of COVID 19, why have these treatments been banned? Why have these therapeutics been banned? How can so many doctors who have taken the Hippocratic oath of ethics and to protect lives promote the ban on therapeutics? Why aren't there more doctors speaking up? These are just some of the questions I have, and I'll have links for you in the show notes so you can do your own research and take responsibility for your own health and that of your loved ones. As Lynn instructed, we must inhabit what God is releasing by activating our sight, our faith, and then take action. We must get armed with truth and then take the truth to every one of the mountains of our culture and fight for what is right. We must fight against this revolutionary new way of thinking that is being forced upon us because the outcome of this movement is entirely anti-Christ, anti-religion, and anti-freedoms. We must get informed and actively engaged in the seven mountains of our culture. We need Christians in position to address the following evils of our day. Harmful proposed legislation and laws. Think H.R. 1. Damaging education of our children such as Project 1619 and sex education, anti-traditional family movements, such as transgender, abortion, gender dysphoria, efforts to defund the police, which actually is a precursor to federal or world police and one world order, restrictions and attacks against our constitutional rights and freedoms, tyrannical government, human trafficking, big tech censorship, mockingbird media, and more. Yes, it's a long list, and we only have ourselves to blame for abdicating our kingdom responsibilities. A major paradigm shift has occurred, and God is giving us yet another chance to overcome evil with good. We must not allow the enemy to discourage us or cause us to feel overwhelmed. Remember, greater is he who is in us than he is in the world. And Jesus said we would do even greater things than he did because of the sheer increase in the number of Christians in the world. When we seek the Lord in unity and in faith, there is nothing that can stop what God has planned. Lauren Isley is the author of a famous story that was part of her 16-page essay called The Star Thrower, and it's most appropriate for me to share it now. One day, a man was walking along the beach when he noticed a boy picking something up and gently throwing it into the ocean. Approaching the boy, he asked, What are you doing? The youth replied, Throwing starfish back into the ocean. The surf is up and the tide is going out. If I don't throw them back, they'll die. Son, the man said, Don't you realize there are miles and miles of beach and hundreds of starfish? You can't make a difference. After listening politely, the boy bent down, picked up another starfish, and threw it back in the surf. Then, smiling at the man, he said, I made a difference for that one. Next week will be the first show in my second year of podcasting. And since our mandate from God in this season is to intentionally be engaged, I'll be bringing guests on the show from time to time to help us learn the things we can do and about the excellent existing organizations we can join to collectively make a difference. We're not in this alone and we can do so much more if we work in unity. Any suggestions or ideas you have Are more than welcome. This podcast is always created with you in mind. If you've liked what you've heard from me today, then I ask you to show your support in whatever way you can. One of the newest ways you can help is to get my new bumper stickers that say, Make America Godly Again. They're available for $5 each. These are beautiful red, white, and blue vinyl stickers that will hold up nicely in the weather, and I hope you'll get as many as possible and give them away so we can begin to display our real and certain hope we have for God. In our nation, use the order form on my web store to let me know how many you'd like. In addition to showing your support with the bumper stickers, you can also take advantage of the many goods and services I bring you from my sponsors and partners, which you'll find on my faithtoliveby.com webpage. One of my sponsors is Edward Torres, who can help you with your future financial goals. Ask Ed Torres, a team member with the financial advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. About the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach to see if you're prepared for your financial future. Ameriprise Financial Services LLC understands your goals and they provide personalized advice to help you reach them. Call Edward Torres at 949 250 3210. Offices are located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460, Irvine, California 92612. The Confident Retirement Approach. Is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC member FINRA and SIPC. You don't have to be in California to consider working with Ed. They're licensed in many states, so I'll have a link for you to his website in the show notes. And I encourage you to contact him for a free consultation. He is our financial advisor, my husband's and my financial advisor, and a wonderful Christian man we highly recommend. Also, consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will make you a preferred member, where you'll receive special announcements and offers that are not available to others. With so much going on every day, let's also connect on social media. You'll find my links to my different social media sites in the show notes. Be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items also listed in my show notes. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach a lot more people and spread the gospel, and that helps people know how to best apply their Christian faith. Also, depending on the platform where you listen, why not subscribe to this podcast so you're sure not to miss a single edition. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian asking you to remember, Christ died for us, the least we can do is live for Him.